when I think go back on it from last year, I don't even know how I did it. I was on some superpowers. <laughs> like I, I put my cape on every morning, and like I didn't even dry clean it until like till like September. Like seriously. What if there were a bigger story than disability? You're listening to more conversations at the center of the movement to build connection and belonging in an age of isolation. Rita recently completed a project in her neighborhood to compel her neighbors to be part of the community garden, and this podcast is about how she did it by realizing she couldn't do it all on her own. She spells out her journey with her son, David, and the people that they met along the way, like John McKnight, who she calls the Beyonce of community development. And she talks about her love for her neighborhood, Price Hill. This is a historic and richly diverse neighborhood in Cincinnati, Ohio, that has been undergoing a lot of neighborhood development. Rita shares how her involvement with the garden project led to more advocacy in her neighborhood to try and center the diverse stories and voices that make Price Hill a place that Rita is so proud to call home. Um, My name is uh, Rita Covington. I guess the question you asked me, what am I passionate about my community? I think being different and embracing that. I have like a fairy tale fantasy of people living in harmony. And um, I like seeing that. I like how we all are different and that brings flavor, like a good pot of chili. And I wanna see that. Talk a little bit about Price Hill. Well, Price Hill, in in general hosts over 10% of the population of Cincinnati. And three um, nationalities, Appalachian, African-American, and Latinos. And that's the that's the pot of chili with flavor yes. that you were talking about. Yes. Do you think right now that the neighborhood is, is living in harmony? Like you were saying, that's a dream of yours, a fairy tale dream. Is it happening? Um, I, think, I think people in general, especially in Price Hill, have a visible walls up that we're afraid of the unknown. We all have stories in our heads about people yeah. and that maybe creates a lack of opportunity for people to cross paths or be more intertwined in each other's lives. People are comfortable, they're comfortable with who they're always around. So I think like it's like almost like a club or a clique, you know, I just stay with people who look like me, who think like me, and yeah. yeah. Tell me about your work with building community. How did that start? Well, actually kind of start like I did AmeriCorps. I served in Price Hill. I got very familiar with the people in Price Hill, and I got aware of different other small uh, nonprofits in Price Hill so I could collaborate to serve the people better. So I love the garden, and I find gardening is very healing. I'm like a go green type of person. Like, if you litter in front of me, I will probably have, like, have, <gasps> my God, pick Captain Planet, no. So we had our um, training at the Price Hill Rec Center, which to me, I call it the nucleus of the community. So the nucleus, right, so we're having a meeting at, uh, we're having our uh, first week of AmeriCorps, and here I meet this guy come in with bags of green beans, and I'm like, I think this is the guy people keep talking to me about that works for Turner Form. My intuition was like, go introduce yourself, go ahead. 
So I introduced myself and I'm like, hey. And I was really more intrigued, like, you know, do you need any volunteers really to help with this garden? Cause I walk past it every day, like from the library to the rec center. And this is a garden in the rec, like in the, it's on the rec center It's literally next door, yes. Okay. Yeah, where did your love of gardening come from and your environmental passion? My grandmother, see my grandma used to hide money in the garden, but she taught me how to garden. Mm you know, since I was little. She would hide money in the garden? Yeah, and it's like, uh, and it's like cookie can, like, and she was like, don't save for a rainy day, save for a thunderstorm. So, and she would tell me life lessons while we garden. Some of my most memorable thoughts was while we plant, and my grandma taught me garden. So it's a literal tie back to a woman in your life, your yeah. grandmother. Yeah, who my was- overall mentor, my first mentor. Yes. Who was community person too? She sounds like a really inspirational person who kind of took you under her wing in a way that you're still living with her. Um, Yeah. Tell me about the the steps that it took then to being part of a community garden or being connected to other neighbors through that passion. So from there, I was also meeting up with my mentor. We were just thinking about ideas of how we could, we could get you know get this community working, get this community like involved. Because my biggest thing was it has so many, it was so rich with resources, and I don't think a lot of people in the community knew what what these resources had to offer especially for me working. Yeah, based on your experience as an AmeriCorps, yeah. the community garden would be a great place to start. Hey, let's try and amplify. This is here for yeah. all the neighbors to know and start to use more. Yep. Okay. And so, like, first I went through what Turner Forum had to offer. So they had these 10-week classes that you attend and you learn more about gardening, you learn about soil, you learn about compost and everything else, and do some volunteer hours and then you get a bid, they build you a, a garden bid in your in your yard. I just started volunteering. I wanted it to, to be authentic, that I wasn't just trying to like, all right, but I really was passionate and I really wanted to get my hands dirty, literally. So Was that a step for you to kind of say, all right, I'm gonna start taking some of my time out of my day, out of my week, and make room for this extra obligation, also just like a fun thing to do. But it's, it's, it's anytime we take parts of our time away and give it to someplace else, it's a compromise, right? Yeah. Like what else did you not get done? You know, you kind of have to weigh the options there. And was that a tough thing to commit to? When I think go back on it from last year, I don't even know how I did it. I was on some superpowers. <laughs> like I, I put my cape on every morning and like I didn't even dry clean it until like, like September, like seriously. But to be honest, I got good at multitasking and overlapping my multitasking so I I think I got good at like making things like double win for me yeah my son started going to spaces that most kids didn't go to so it the compromise was for people to accept that it was actually child in the class learning about gardening yeah. I will basically had to make a meal pre-make our dinner microwave it use the utensils at the rec center warm up my son something to eat while he, you know, send listens and play on the phone a little bit while we while I was in garden for those ten weeks. And it's also like a good balanced project that we can do together to, you know, bond even. 
So you made it work for you. You made yeah. it. You made it fit into your life in a way that wasn't that wasn't too much of an ask. And that that's yeah. like all about design, yeah. which I think is brilliant. So what came next was a keep continually building relationships, and I think that's the important part of any project is having authentic, genuine relationships with people because those relationships turns into networks. So here I was, you know, going inside this rec center, no one really knowing these staff members, like, they're like in a mystery, like, what is she doing? Like, I thought she just used our services for the after school program, but she's involved with community stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I got the attention of the director at that rec center. So then, you know, like I- Just from being involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he became a mentor to me. So now I just gained like two mentors. So, and I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do because- That's when it was like the aha. Yes. Okay. Like, because it start, everything start flowing like a wind, like, oh my God, like, I met John McKnight in that in the process. He I'm, is the book writer on asset-based He is the Beyonce of community development. <laughs> He's the Beyonce. So yeah, and that's the biggest thing is that I really grew to be like, you can't do it all. You can't. Mm -hmm. It takes the fun out of it. And it's humility. It keeps you humble mm -hmm. to be like, it's not about you. It's about community. I wouldn't have been able to do none of this without all those small little pieces, which were big pieces to the whole vision. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's the design for the project? So we had um, the rec center, we had Turner Form, we had Santa Maria, different um, business like the truck food, and it was like a win situation because it was like, okay, they ha annually have this um, this back to school. Yeah, so your your project ended up being a way to transform or redesign something that had already been happening at the rec center, right? Yeah, and they were expecting 2,000 people, period. So I was just like, yeah, this is where you promote mm -hmm. your your the garden is right here. My objective was like, I want the community to know about this garden yeah. because this is the purpose of it. And I wanted at least captured three or four people, which we did. Mm -hmm. We did. We did more than that. How did you do it? I planned. I failed. I got back up. Mm -hmm. I planned. <laughs> and then we conquered. <laughs> That is a pretty precise way of putting it. That is how every project happens. Yeah. And there's so much grace and, I think, compassion for yourself when you can put it that way. And then knowing, like, kind of being able to look back and say, it worked out. Do you think part of the reason why you stuck with it through any of the roadblocks was that you you saw this as, as your dream of people coming together over something really basic and fundamental like gardening? Yeah. Getting back to the beginning of the story, everyone just stayed in their spaces. And it was the first time that I, I seen this diverse community, a Latino kid, then a black kid, then a white kid, and then they all were listening to music. It was like families up in the garden getting fresh fruits and vegetables. Like, I can't wait to go back. It's like a wedding to me. Like, like it's like my birth and my, my life, yeah. my passions, because I was just so blown away. 
it was an amazing time and I think everybody you were, you were saying like it was the the dream coming true of yeah. just like everyone was sort of convening around things like music and gardening and mm-hmm. food and and just being there together and I think the back to school uh, the back to school event that happened every year is never going to look the same I know right <laughs> it's so funny because um, I gained respect within the leaders of my community and I found out that I am a force to be reckoned with and I think that's the beauty. How does that change the way you show up in in your neighborhood? Your voice being heard and being respected. I think now when I walk in a room I'm my opinion is more respected because I put the work in. I think they're impressed. I feel like I'm no longer more like a threat or a question of why I'm here. More like I'm the advocate. I'm the person in the middle. I want to concentrate more on now the solutions than the problems. Mm -hmm. And I feel I have an obligation to influence more people to attend circles where their users are not used to going. Mm -hmm. We need to have tough conversations. Mm -hmm. We need to address some things that we just really, as society, really push away. And that's what you've done. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We have to have this space that we all can live together and keep, I think I want to keep the funk of East Price Hill that I think it's cool. When I think about that, that keeps me going going to try to organize something. And I think it's important, too, to know that there's a way to talk about this that feels actionable, that feels like, okay, this these are small things that I can do. So you've been going to your city council meetings and having these conversations. Yeah. It's interesting how your your approach to this work began as a volunteer yeah. at, at, in AmeriCorps and then it turned into creating something with a project, doing something interesting as an added value to your neighborhood. Yeah. And now it's more of a day-to-day, it sounds like, yeah. for you as a voice and showing up on a regular basis to things that are in the community. So it doesn't necessarily have to mean your project is continuing or it's happening every year, but what it's turned into is you've dug your heels in even deeper and that cape needs to be put up in the, the Hall of Fame. Oh, don't do it. I'm a Pisces. I'm a crier. Don't do it. I'm just so thankful for this experience, period. It gave me self-worth. Mm-hmm. In this process, also seeing how my son like, is proud of me. But, but this thought and this collaboration with Starfire has built real-life relationships of network in my community. People now call me to get get me involved. It's a lot of politics in this, but overall love wins. I think I wanna keep creating spaces for people to see that we all, you keep talking to me, we might have an interest, but the conversations need to happen. The relationships need to happen. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a force You're for welcome. those to happen. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Starfire, head over to our website, starfirecincy.org.